Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spirit Seeker Hour. Spirit Seeker Hour is your chance to delve into the world of your inner spirit. The Spirit Seeker Hour is brought to you by Spirit Seeker Magazine. Go to www.spiritseeker.com to find out more. And now, here's Cindy Meyer. Hello and welcome. And yes, this is the Spirit Seeker Hour brought to you by Spirit Seeker Magazine. Each and every month for 17 years, we have brought Spirit Seeker Magazine to you for your reading pleasure and information for the body, mind, and spirit. You can read the uh, magazine each month at www.spiritseeker.com. We have over 300 radio shows also archived, and you can access all of the radio shows by going to the spiritseeker.com website, clicking on the left-hand corner, and uh, you'll be will be taking taking you to all of these different interviews and the new website is almost ready yay i've been waiting for this moment and you will be able to soon find the radio shows a little bit more easily and you will also um, be able to find out all the different other mind body spirit events happening throughout the u.s and into europe the other thing is that we do have a weekly uh, newsletter that goes out and lets you know about the radio shows, lets you know about these different events, and also when the new magazine is online. We do not sell our email list, and so it's sacrosanct. And if you would like to be added, please send us an email to info, info at spiritseeker.com, and just simply say, please add me to your email list. The other thing I want, uh, I'm going to do all the announcements front end and then I'll bring my guest on. I just wanted to uh, let you all know that on April the 6th, Spirit Seeker will be hosting its 28th Holistic Living Expo in St. Louis, Missouri. It's hard for me to believe it's the 28th one, but we started these in 1996 and um, each is different. You would think they would be the same, but they, each one has its own tenor. And this, uh, this one is coming together in so many different ways. Margaret Ann Limbo, who is an author of a number of books on crystal healing, is our keynote speaker. She will be coming into town early, doing private sessions and teaching a workshop and staying after the expo and um, teaching an evening uh, workshop as well. So all of this information will be in the March issue of Spirit Seeker. And um, please, if you're in the Midwest and you can get to St. Louis, come join us on that day. Okay, and that is it for announcements. I am now going to bring on my guest, Dr. Annette Valancourt, and she is a very interesting person. She is a uh, Ph.D. psychologist who works in elite soulmate coaching. She's a transformational author, and her recent book that we will be discussing tonight is How to Manifest Your Soulmate with EFT, which stands for Emotional Freedom Technique and relationship as a spiritual path. She is committed to practical mysticism. Her passion is helping people push the envelope of consciousness beyond the limits of ego. She um, she has so many different things that she has done. It's fascinating reading her bio. Um, she is she describes herself as a social introvert and recovering shy person who's achieved every goal that she has set for herself, which helps her in her mentoring others. Some of her goals that she set were a 70-pound weight loss. Another one is a brown belt in um, 
I don't know if I'm saying this correctly, but Shatakan Karate, Karate. She set the goal to manifest $70,000 in unexpected money. She cured herself of plantar fasciitis, which is anyone who's ever had that situation knows is um, a feat in and of itself. She sold two different homes herself to the first buyer who walked in the door. Now, if that is not amazing, I don't know what is. So, Annette, are you there? Yes. Hi, Cindy. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I read this this bio and I went, oh, my gosh. I mean, I know you you call yourself a manifestation coach and, you know, teaching people how to manifest, but this is is pretty amazing, some of the things you've done. Well, it's amazing because EFT, the emotional freedom technique, has helped me manifest all of those things. So it's an extremely powerful technique, even though it's deceptively easy to, to learn. Well, and you have been a couples counselor for, um, for for quite a while, and it was after 24 years of, you know, I love the way you describe it, after um, put, taking your attention away from trying to resurrect broken marriages to helping spiritually minded uh, singles find their soulmates. So let's just, you know, let's talk about how you came to this, um, this cha- fork in the road, shall we say, where you uh, said there has to be a different way. Well, one of the things that um, I realized in writing this book is I wish I would have had this book when I was dating. It was one of those things of I ran into so many of my own obstacles and barriers and would have loved to have known about EFT at the time. Also, I have all these fabulous single friends, and I'm puzzled as they are about why they're still single when they don't want to be. So one time, I think it was November 2009, I kind of sat down with myself and I was thinking, well, really, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? And I couldn't think of a better purpose than to try to help bring more love and healing into the world. And so that's when I decided to start my first Soulmate Manifest course. And in the process of teaching that course and and using a, a workbook that I kind of cobbled together, I thought, you know what, I need to I need to make this a standalone product and publish this as, as its own separate product its own separate product and bring bring more of this information out to the world. And I'm you know, just it's, it's, oh, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean how, to interrupt. Yeah. I've but just you been know, so it's interesting how well it's been received. <laughs> and we did it again. <laughs> Well, you know, what I was going to say is Julia Cameron said that, you know, the artist way, it, she she was writing exercises to help help herself and help mm-hmm. others. And then in the course of sharing those exercises with a friend and the transition and change that happened in that person's life, it was like this person said, this needs to be a book. And oftentimes I think that that's what happens is it's never a conscious intention to write the book, but then the material creates the book. Yes, and the the weird thing about it for me, and I talked to some other authors about this, is it just seemed to flow from I don't know where. It felt like I was channeling the book rather than writing the book. When I sat down to write it, I was both using the EFT process to kind of get through some of the blocks and barriers and fears you have about, oh, will anybody but my mother read this? You know, uh, would this make sense? And it just flowed. It was it was just the strangest experience, and I've been just really pleased how well it's being received. Well, you know, let's talk about EFT because you know, as even though 
there's EFT, the Tapping Conference, and people all over the world are doing this, you know, wonderful, wonderful, life-changing activity. For a listener that is saying, what are they talking about? <laughs> and uh, so let's let's talk about what EFT is and and how you came to it and how it changed your life. Okay. Well, I I see EFT, emotional freedom technique, as a form of psychological acupressure. It's gentle tapping on certain points around your hands and face that seems to very quickly and easily remove blocks, energetic and psychological blocks, uh, such as fears and limiting beliefs and those sorts of things. And another way to think about it is it activates your inner healer. So when you're doing this tapping, you're focusing on a problem that you're having. And um, one of the first ways I described the EFT to my clients was as an eraser for emotional or physical pain. And oftentimes when I'm doing demonstrations, I'll have people come up who are in physical pain um, and we'll tap about that and we have some just amazing results. And then also um, one of my favorite demonstrations is to, especially if I'm in a room full of women, is I bring some dove chocolate and I say, who has chocolate cravings? Because that's how I first came to EFT was through a course, a short course on overcoming emotional eating. And chocolate was my food of choice at the time. And so by learning the tapping, um, that was part of how I was able to lose the 70 pounds was I was an emotional eater and every time I had a craving for chocolate or I wanted to eat to numb anger or fear or anxiety or something like that, I would just tap instead. What I've since noticed in using EFT is that not only is it an eraser for emotional or physical pain, but it also seems to create what I call epiphanies on demand. You know, sometimes a couple, you know, throughout our life we have these these sudden epiphanies if we're lucky, you know, they they seem to come out of the blue. But when I'm tapping with myself or tapping with my client, all of a sudden you'll see this look come across their face and this, this huge epiphany hits them right on the spot, which is really, really exciting. And then the last thing, which is really cool, and I think your, visitor, your, your listeners are probably aware of this, is the concept of synchronicities, that when you clear things that are blocking you from what's supposed to come into your life, then you get this flood of synchronicities, and I've noticed the increase in, in those kind of meaningful coincidences that happen once you use EFT to clear a fear or a blocking belief. You know, it's so interesting. The first time I heard that term coined, synchronicities, was Deepak Chopra was in St. Louis out of all places, Queenie Park. And the uh, the ice skating, I know, it's funny, isn't it? He had um, surpassed the largest place at that time with 600 uh, seats. And so they put him at Queenie Park, and he was up on stage, and he said, never forget this he said we are moving past synchronicity into synchro destiny and he said pay very careful attention to any group that you're in because chances are this some of you have worked together before and you're being drawn back together again I and i thought that. i know and don't you, but don't you think when you were talking about those synchronicities and the epiphanies, what came to mind is the more clear the channel is, the more aware you are of the synchronicities. A lot of times I think people aren't even aware of how divinely things are being orchestrated until yes. they become more clear. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's a heightened awareness because it's not clouded up by all those little ego fears that are going, 
oh, my God, what is this and what is that? And, and, you know, those sorts of things. You just get that you really do get it to be a clear channel. And that's why I like using EFT to manifest anything. But, you know, in this case, a soulmate is you, you, you have this heightened sensitivity and awareness of, and you draw those people into your life. You draw different kinds of people into your life um, that are more in alignment with your higher purpose. Well, and your book is fabulous. I mean, it's just, mm. there are so many aware, awarenesses and exercises that you suggest that just by doing the exercises, you know, you can just tell that, you know, how can you not be a little bit more awake? And, um, but I like how you started it off with, hooray, you're still single. Okay, so <laughs> if you're still single, then what do you do with that? <laughs> right. Um, well, one of the things that you can do with that, and, and why I say hooray you're still single, is because you can focus on living a life of purpose. And that by living a life of purpose, that puts you on what I'd like to say is a collision course with your soulmate. Now, your soulmate may or may not become a romantic partner. You know, I, I, it's... Most people, when they think about soulmates, they think about romantic partners. But it may be the people that come into your life and touch you deeply and move you in the direction of um, of a higher purpose that your life is meant to follow. You know, one of the exercises... Um you know, with this writing exercises, uh, you said ways to get started. Number one suggestion was call out to your soulmate in a letter. Mm-hmm. Ask them to come to you and tell them how you will recognize each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, your soulmate relationship already exists. If we really kind of look at quantum physics and some of the stuff that we're reading and hearing about in Law of Attraction, we're all one already. And so by calling out to your soulmate, um, you're acknowledging that relationship. You're starting to build that relationship at a soul level, at an energetic level, at an imaginal level first. And that what that seems to do for people is it takes away that level of despair, anxiousness, um, neediness, that sort of thing. And you start to, you start to learn about who it is that you want to manifest and how you want to be with that person just by beginning this this imaginary dialogue. Uh, Psychologists, you know, we refer to this this kind of thing as active imagination. And it's really digging deep into even an archetypal level of our awareness, bringing that to consciousness. And by beginning to bring that to consciousness, you also start to bring that into your reality. You know, you use the word manifesting a soulmate rather than finding a soulmate. Mm-hmm. And I love the word manifest. I mean, I, I you know, well, and when you talk about visualization, I mean, I I was probably one of the first people who read Shakti Gawain's Creative Visualization, that little tiny mm-hmm. book, remember? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And, you know, pages, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's psycho-cybernetics. You know, I mean, I just mm-hmm. remember all Maxwell Maltz and, you know, all the the different books, Eric Byrne, you know, I mean, all, all these mm-hmm. authors from out, but but manifesting really didn't start until probably what the last fifteen years. Mm-hmm. I would say, yeah. Um, Jerry and Esther Hicks really right. popularized that. Other people kind of jumped on board. Then when the Secret came out, you know, this whole idea of the law of attraction and manifesting. But really, we're manifesting all the time. We're just not always doing it consciously. 
Manifesting is simply taking an idea and turning it into a reality. So, you know, even if it's making breakfast, you have an idea what you want for breakfast and by your actions you manifest that breakfast. Well, you can take that up to higher levels and you can manifest a certain lifestyle or a certain kind of partner or a, or a certain amount of money or those sorts of things. So it really is a spiritual process. And that's what I go to into in the middle of the book is the stages of manifestation and how to use EFT tapping to clear any blocking beliefs or fears about each one of those stages. So you're not out there searching and finding and with that kind of anxious feeling of lack. You're recognizing that you already have a connection to your soulmate and you're just, you're just preparing yourself to, first of all, be the soulmate that you want to have. And then they, that person will find you, will be drawn to you irresistibly because you'll be on a similar path in life and you will just kind of run into each other. So Annette, I want to backtrack just a little bit. Um, okay. When you were sharing with losing, you know, did you have a conscious intention of releasing 70 pounds or did it just, you started the process and then it just happened? Or, I, mean, I had a conscious did... intention. Yeah, I had a conscious intention and I was tapping about, I was using a tapping phrase, even, um, I can't remember what it was, something like, I'm, I'm a, even though I have this extra weight, I'm a fit and active X number of pound woman. And what happened then was really kind of mysterious. And one of the things I'll say to people is be careful what you wish for because I did not specify that I would do this in a healthy way. And so what happened is I ended up getting a bad case of poison ivy, having to go on steroids to get rid of it. And through the process of going on steroids, I got a really uh, bad systemic yeast infection. So, uh, yeah. It was itchy like crazy. It was terrible. And then, but, but what I had to do through my own research and talking to doctors and stuff is I needed to change my diet. So I needed first and foremost to get rid of my sugar addiction. And so I started tapping about that, and that went away immediately. So like, by getting rid of sugar and all the things that fed the yeast, I, I just started dropping weight. I lost about 35 pounds the first year without doing anything but changing my diet and um, getting rid of the sugar and the fermented stuff. Then I kind of plateaued. Then, and, you know, a while later I lost another 15 pounds, and then I kind of plateaued, and then I lost another 20 pounds. And it just kind of came off by itself. I wasn't doing any extra exercise at first, but once I cleared the yeast out of my body, I had all this extra energy, and that's when I decided at the age of 54 to start taking karate lessons because I thought, i got to do something with this energy. <laughs> And so, yeah, so six years later, I'm just on the verge of getting my black belt. That's just fabulous. I mean, you know, such an inspiration, such an inspiration. Yeah, thank you. Kind of startles me sometimes, too. (laughs) You're like, who is that person in that mirror? But, um, well, and thank you for sharing that. And I, I, the way you, um, I'm glad you shared that, you know, you you say, even though um, I still weigh this or whatever, or my body is still heavier, I now feel lighter. It's like mm-hmm. you, you tap what you're releasing and, and you're embracing at the same time. It's To me, this is mm-hmm. fascinating. Yeah. It's, it's, some people, sometimes people get a little weird and scared about the way the tapping statements are set up because you, 
you focus on, they're so used to affirmations, it's all positive. So the first half of the tapping statement is you're focusing very specifically, like you're aiming towards the problem. So it's even though I have this extra weight, or even though I have this fear of abandonment, or even though I have this belief that there are no good men out there, no, you know, all, all girls want is bad, are bad boys, something like that. And then the second half of the statement is um, something very positive, like I deeply love and accept myself, or I deeply love and forgive myself, or um, I choose peace instead, or something like that. So it's kind of aiming you towards the difficulty, and then also affirming you at the same time. You know, it's interesting. I've studied a lot with um, Eden Energy, and Donna (laughs) Eden's husband is using EFT a lot with um, our war veterans who are in such yeah. terrible pain, especially, you know, with so many of the um, the limb losses, you know, with, with, you know, and phantom pains, which are very real. I used to be a nurse, and I'll never forget one night this uh, double amputee in this wheelchair, I mean, we're talking about 40 years ago, um, they said it was just all in his head. And one night they gave him one of the med techs gave uh, the real Jarvis set rather than the placebo Jarvis set. Mm-hmm. And when he wasn't on his um, button er, in four hours, every four hours he was like on his call button. And we're mm-hmm. like, uh-oh, what happened? Did something happen to him? <laughs> you know, like, is he okay? So we go in there, and because he actually had this real medicine for the first time and forever, he was without pain and actually was able to go to sleep. And you know, what is so true is that, you know, people just sometimes don't understand um, that even though the limb's gone, the pain's still there. So they're using this tapping now with a lot of the war veterans to tap yes. out the pain. Isn't that just amazing? Yes. Well, I actually worked with an amputee um, person who lost their hand in an accident and had phantom limb pain, and it was fascinating because you never know, you know, how people are going to take to something that's a little fringy, you know, that sort of thing, but he was in such pain at the point of amputation, and he had the phantom limb pain, and he had the PTSD, and the first visit, we tapped about the pain um, in his, at the point of amputation, and it was, it, it went away, you know, and then it took some work to work on the phantom pain and stuff like that, but it's, it, yes, it's absolutely fascinating what, what this technique can use, and I am familiar with using this with PTSD with veterans. Right. In fact, in fact, I can tell you another short story. I was showing that uh, there's a um, a DVD that I believe Gary Craig made, the founder of EFT, called Operation Emotional Freedom, and he brought in quite a few vets who were having PTSD, not just physical pain, but severe, severe psychological problems as a result of um, post-traumatic stress disorder. And in the course of showing this to a cousin of mine who was married to a Vietnam War vet, she just burst into tears. She said, I have that too. There's such a thing as secondary PTSD from living with someone with PTSD. And I just gently kind of took her into the living room and I said, I'm going to show you something to see if this helps because she was just beside herself. And we started tapping and within 10 minutes, it was gone. The, The upset was gone. She's been guilt-free about her husband had just passed away about a year ago. She was guilt-free. She was, she's a tapping convert now. <laughs> that is God funny. 
Yeah, yeah but it but it's but it but it works and it works, they're just yeah. using it in so many different ways. Um yeah. Okay, so now we're going to get back to your wonderful book, but you know, I I just the the power of EFT is um, you know, woven throughout your whole book. So I think the more we can, you know, share examples of these little mini miracles, I think the more mm-hmm. people will get the power of this. So yeah. what I want to go to next is what do you consider a soulmate? I mean, there's so many different takes on this, great but question. Yeah, great question. Um, I, th- I think a lot of people have uh, an idea that a soulmate is a perfect relationship and they'll never have to work at it and that kind of stuff. But really, when I'm writing this book, I'm emphasizing the soul and the soulmate. And that I, my definition of a soulmate is a spiritual or evolutionary partner who helps you become whole and healed and therefore holy. And in Entering into your life, they both challenge and support your growth personally and spiritually. And I see one of the purposes of soulmates in coming together as fulfilling a higher purpose together. And that's why I say when you follow your purpose, like Campbell talks about following your bliss, you become um, a, a magnet for your soulmate. You're on a collision course for your soulmate. And then finally... Um, I think a soulmate is a clear channel for divine love into your life and the life of those that, that your purpose serves. So it really emphasizes the spiritual aspect of soulmate rather than the naive, kind of naive aspect that the soulmate is a perfect person or you're going to have a perfect and easy relationship. Your soul doesn't always need easy. Sometimes your soul needs challenges for you to evolve as a spirit. Well, and I think looking at relationship as a spiritual path is a whole different way of looking at relationships. Absolutely. Absolutely. I really think that the, that's the the current zeitgeist, the current trend that that we're moving away from or we're growing past this idea of a mate just to have children or for emotional or financial security or those sorts of things that, that I really think the times are changing and becoming more spiritual and that when we can harness and recognize our relationship as a spiritual path, um, the world is going to change. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that you summed up in so many in just like three sentences the the current state of relationships. You know, we have the the baby boomers, you know, that were post World War II. I mean, and everyone was celebrating that this war was over and, you know, that's when all the subdivisions were built and the whole American dream and, you know, mm-hmm. so much of that. And now, you know, it's it's surprising. I forget the latest statistics on this, but not only are more women working, there are many women making more money than their husbands. I mean, it, we've mm-hmm. seen a complete turnaround in right. so many different ways, whereas, you know, women used to look for security and used to look for someone to take care of them. I mean, we're just way past that at this point. Mhm, mhm. Right, and and by having that kind of independence and the kind of personal power that comes with it, you have the opportunity to be two whole people coming together instead of looking for the better half. And and you know, one plus one equals infinity in my book. That when two two whole people come together, it's like you're remembering the divine, the masculine, feminine aspects of the divine, whether you're a same-sex couple or or opposite-sex couple there's that remembering of of the divinity that can be part and parcel of your soulmate relationship. 
You know, Annette, um, what would you say, okay, since you have changed your practice and, you know, you're working with so many uh, more conscious singles, what would you say the biggest epiphany, I mean, I'm sure you've had many, but what would you say the biggest epiphany, let's go with the, the changes in, in the, the men at this time in history, and then let's go to the women at this time in history. Wow, that's a big question. Um, biggest epiphany for men. You know, I don't think men can take things for granted anymore. I, I think it, men currently are kind of confused. And confused as to what their role is vis-a-vis women because we don't need them in the way that we needed them before. So I think we're all in transition, men and women. And as we're evolving... Uh, coming into our own personal power or our financial power in the case of women, I think there's a lot of confusion going on, which is why I wanted to kind of write this book at about this time to help people kind of clarify um, what they're wanting, what they're willing to commit to, and to see relationship as an opportunity for personal and spiritual growth. So, So I think the confusion for men, for women, one of the things I'm hearing from my single friends is that um, they are in a position where they don't need a man anymore, and I say, good, <laughs> you know, um, because then they're they're living an abundant life. They're they're living from a place of authenticity. They're not waiting around, or they're not um, having to be a chameleon to kind of well, what does he want, so I'll be that, you know, that sort of thing. They can live from from a place of authenticity and relate from that, that place. So I think it's kind of startling uh, for women um, who've come out of these various generations to realize that there's a lot more freedom and flexibility in defining their own relationship. I talk to couples a lot about that, you know, in terms of what... What do you want your relationship to be? Do you want it to be a haven? Do you want it to be an escape? Do you want it to be an oasis? Do you want it, you know, I look for their metaphor uh, and what they're trying to create. And when someone is wanting a soulmate relationship, you know, then that suggests a whole different kind of path and goals for that, that person and that couple. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. I was uh, talking to a, a friend I don't know, it was probably about a month or so ago, and I hadn't seen her in almost two years. And I think the what way you just described the changes in men and women, this is a whole different take, but it's like a, um, it's symbolic. She said, yeah, she said, I, um, I'm at a point where within the next seven years, my daughter will be in college, and or our daughter, but she was saying, talking from her standpoint, and she said, I can't wait to let go of the house and the burbs with the, the yard and all this other stuff, and she said, and it's so interesting, my husband wants to move out on 20 acres of land, and blah, 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 and I, and I said to him, what are we going to do, sit there and watch TV and look at each other? <laughs> I want... <laughs> and it's like, and I said, well, maybe if he could understand that you're wanting 
you know, not to have the weekend spent with cutting the grass and taking care of all the stuff. And, and like she said, she said, I want less maintenance and more. Let's go grab a bite. Let's go see a movie. Let's go see a play. And she right. said, can you imagine? He wants to isolate me out. Of, and I said, well, I don't think that's his intention, but I think that he needs to hear you more clearly with what you're looking for as you step into this next phase. And, it, and it's so interesting with relationships because things are changing so quickly as you describe in your book and I love how you work with the the beliefs and you have you know people do these different exercises like you know the beliefs I hold from past relationships fears and doubts mm-hmm. they have and um, and then you put the intensity um, <laughs> the intensity level on them which yeah. I think is fabulous because there this is a visual you know if you're a visual person especially it's right there in front of you mm-hmm. oh that's great. Yeah, I think it's I think it's just great. And you know, so you're working with the past, the present, the future. You're clearing through this tapping the past thoughts. I mean, it's sort of like mm-hmm. Byron Katie. I love her. Is it true? Is it true that all the good ones are taken? <laughs> like, exactly. You know, right. The series. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so I do you actually teach the couples that you're working with? I'm assuming you're teaching them how to tap and clear right with each other. Then exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amazing, amazing. So would you be kind enough to just share like one or two stories um, where you've just seen a complete turnaround with a couple? Well, um, my emphasis really is um, I'm working with singles about this. Um, But sometimes those singles are going to get married. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they're going to get married. Well, the kind of of turnarounds I've seen with singles um, is – the very first step in manifesting is, is clarity and commitment. And I remember one evening I had some people over to the house. I was doing a meetup about soulmates. And this one woman came really prepared. I said, you know, bring something that symbolizes what you want in a soulmate. And when it came her turn to speak, she reached into her purse and she pulled out her Bible and she raised it up in the air and she declared, I want a good Christian man with whom I can share my life. And she just got married um, in December. So there was that kind of clarity, and I'd known her for a couple of years prior to that, and she was kind of, you know, iffy and this, that, and the other thing. So just getting that kind of clarity and committing to having what her heart desired, that's one of the things that I see um, is that shock on people's face when they realize that they can have exactly what their heart desires. Another woman that was in my class Part of uh, the, I think there's a fourth, fifth step in the in the manifesting about releasing past attachments. So we did this tapping and we did a little ritual about bring something that symbolizes a lost love that you still have some emotional attachment to. And I have a big fireplace in my my living room, and I invited them if they wanted to to burn, you know, whatever it was to symbolize that, which she did. And there was tears and there was release, and everybody was real supportive of her. We did some tapping around anything that was left about that. Well, she's now in a relationship. It's, gosh, I think it's two and a half, three years now. Every time I see her, I go, how's it going? She goes, healthiest relationship I've ever been in. You know, and so I'm just seeing people get into relationships or even just get ready to. Sometimes a huge step for somebody is just being willing to put themselves back out there. Um, to, to date, and I was working with one woman, and she was just petrified 
of and it's a common fear for women of losing themselves. Of kind of we give ourselves away in relationships, and and we do turn into a chameleon at times. And so we really worked a lot around that issue. And after after that work, I talked to her a couple of months ago, and she said, "I'm going to go online with online dating." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> so it was it was. I really realized, having known her, that that was huge for her yes. to make that transition. Um, with couples, you know, just to kind of go back to your original question, I will have people, when usually by the time I'm seeing couples, and this is a little off the soulmate subject, they are in conflict of some sort. And usually uh, what one person is saying to the other is triggering some anxiety or defensiveness in the other person. So what I'll have them do is while they're talking to each other, I'll have them tap while they're talking and listening to each other because that will keep them calm and will keep them centered. Or years ago, when I was first learning tapping, I had a couple, and they were very angry with each other, and very it was, they had gone through a lot of hurt with each other. And the woman, when I asked her the intensity of her anger in the present moment on a scale of 0 to 10, with 10 being the worst she can imagine, she said a 20. And poor husband, he was sitting on the other end of the sofa. He would have crawled over the arm and hid in the corner if he could have. You know, she's just bad vibes coming off of her. And I asked her if she wanted to see if we could lower the anger so she could continue the session and talking with her husband. And so we did, and we talked about this anger, all it symbolized and why she thought she needed it and, and that sort of thing. And you could see her face just visibly soften. And at one point, when I had her kind of pause and check in to see if the intensity had dropped, she turned to her husband with the sweetest smile on her face, and she said, Honey, I'm sure we can work this out. Well, he about fell off the couch. And two weeks later, when they they returned for their follow-up visit, she was smiling and wearing makeup, and he was walking a couple steps behind her, pointing at her like, Who is this woman? And she said... (laughs) (laughs) honest to God and she said I haven't put on makeup in two years she said she's she's just so sad I know she's walking around the house singing to herself now you know she's happy all of a sudden I'm just like wow after one session there's hope well and she I mean but that's fascinating to have the worst come up tap through it and get to the other side, and it's almost like, you know, when you have a dark sky and all of a sudden the sun comes out and there's uh-huh. like this bright ray of, oh, my gosh, it can be bright again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it, that hope that returns. And the funny thing about this is when I tap with people and then I t- come back and talk with them the next visit, they'll say, oh, nothing happened, nothing changed, and then they'll proceed to tell me how everything changed and what's, what people don't realize is that they, the assumption that people have is that change requires effort and that they should be efforting somehow. But when things change with the tapping, it feels effortless. And the change is something that, that they, they don't even notice because they're not having to do a lot of effort about it. It just happens because you cleared the block. You talk a lot about the inner, the inner work and the outer work and, and the changes. And, and yet when you were talking about the 70 pounds that you dropped, it was just, I could just hear, it was just effortless. I mean, yeah, you tapped it's through. Right. Yep, it's just kind of happening. And I go, huh, isn't that interesting? And you have to go, go buy bigger or smaller clothes. 
I can remember a friend of mine wrote this book on um, the only diet there is, and she said it's forgiveness. And But, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of times you don't even know what you're holding on to. And, you know, I think that that's fascinating. I mean, I just love those stories. I mean, you know, and all of us listening will have this imprint of this lady, you know, at a 20 with anger, and the next thing you know, like, I mean, just, oh, that's sunshine. Yeah. So, so that, yeah. I mean, let's um, let's talk about, since we're on this, you know, we're talking about the intimacy and the things that can happen with relationships. What do you feel are the top three ways that people block soulmates from manifesting? What, is it a fear? Is it, you know, what do you think the, the, the three big things are that keep us from manifesting? Well, I think one of the things is past attachments to, to lost loves. You know, a lot of, a lot of people aren't even really aware of it. It's sort of like that scene in When Harry Met Sally and she finds out her ex-boyfriend's getting married and she loses it. She didn't even realize she was still attached to him. And so working with me and working through some of these processes, you can identify some of those, those hidden experiences, fears, attachments, those sorts of things, and quickly clear them. So I think that's one of the things that, you know, if there's somebody else in the queue... You know, even if it's from the past, there's not a there's not a clear path to you for your soulmate. They'd have to go through them, round them, or wait for you to get rid of that. So that's one. The other the other one another one is all these fears and, and self limiting beliefs. We have these beliefs about what it means to date, what it means to marry, issues and myths around sexuality, what what are men like, what are women like, that sort of thing. And we, they just sort of feel like they're hardwired in our brain and people go, but that's just the way things are. No, that's just the way you believe they are and consequently that's how you experience the world. And when you change those beliefs using EFT and replace them with beliefs that open up possibilities, then that allows your soulmate to come to you faster. And then finally... Um, I think one of the, the things that people, well-intentioned, um, but I think a little misguided from this perspective, is all the trying. It's kind of like this, um, Esther and Jerry Hicks talk about uh, with Abraham stuff, is if you're always trying, 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 um, first of all, you're trying, you're annoying, and, and second of all, you, you're not in the place of having. So... When I talk about early in the book about start your soulmate relationship immediately, you, that puts you in the place of having and of appreciation. And you're not trying anymore. You're, you're, you're basking in kind of the glow of acknowledgement of a relationship. It's like telling me, um, it's like telling the, the, the future in advance. You know, it's, it's, it's predicting the future in advance. It's like it's coming. I know it's coming. This is what it's going to feel like. But if you're always focusing on the not having and the trying and the seeking, it's, you're in that place of, of not having, and, and that, that really energetically blocks your soulmate from coming. So it's almost um, acting as if, once again, when we were talking about with the creative visualization, and you're coming at it from a writing perspective. You're coming at it from you know, really getting in touch with what is it that you're wanting to manifest, I mean, that, I, I love how you described that lady whipping her Bible out. I want a Christian man. Mm-hmm. 
And she yep. was so clear, and she attracted it because she was just very clear, and it probably, like, you know, almost immediately blocked everything else. Like, you know, you couldn't even get through that because she was so right. clear. Right. You know, and it's it's so interesting. One of the quotes, and I don't have it in front of me in your book, but I read it and I thought, oh, I didn't realize Einstein said it. But it was it's basically if you keep doing A plus B equals C, and if you're not happy with C, then you're going to have to change part of the equation. Yeah. <laughs> Can't keep doing it. You're still going to get C unless you change something, which right. takes consciousness. Well, yes, and part of the manifestation process is not about doing. It's about being, and it's a transformational process. It's like Jesus became the Christ. It is, you're, you're transforming yourself from one state of being to a higher state of being. So people get all caught up in what are the rules and what should I do and give me some tips and all that kind of stuff. And really the, the tip is about changing your state of being, changing your state of consciousness uh, so that you are energetically in line with your higher self, your soul. You can't have a soulmate relationship if you're not in touch with your soul. You know, I, and um, and by being in touch with your soul and, and being able to get quiet and listen to your the still small voice within and kind of the promptings that the universe brings to you, you follow a path that your soulmate is is on a path uh, towards you at the same time. They're searching for you just as uh, it's probably not the good word searching, but they're coming towards you just as fast as you're going towards them. And you know what's funny when I talk to people, I say how much time. Um, in a week, do you spend working on yourself so that you can attract your soulmate? And I think people probably watch more TV than they do inner work oh, on right. themselves. Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. It's you know, I don't know if you know, I'm a feng shui consultant, and one of the things that I work with is helping people get rid of their stuff. And you know, you'll say, okay, so you have the storage locker that you're paying for every single month, and you paid for it for three to four years. You haven't been in the storage locker in three years. You know, do you do you really still need that stuff? And it's it's. It's amazing how out of sight, out of mind. So I really like how you keep bringing it back to, you know, what you're focusing on is expanding. So are you really putting the effort into focusing and getting to know yourself? You know, and and that's really the key. If you really um, like, love, and approve of yourself, chances are pretty darn good that you're going to attract something along that line. But if you can't even love and approve of yourself, it's pretty darn hard to attract that soulmate that's going to be on that vibration. Right, right, because the world is going to give you uh, experiences of, of how you feel about yourself. So like you say, if you like, love, and approve of yourself, you're going to attract people that like, love, and approve of, your, of you. If you're always attracting people that are critical of you or neglectful of you, you need to take a look at yourself and say, how am I critical of myself? And how am I neglectful of myself? And you need to remove those that old programming um, and ship it to more self-loving. So listeners, if you're just uh, joining us, we are listening to Dr. Annette Valancourt, and she is the author of How to Manifest Your Soulmate with EFT, Emotional Freedom Technique, and Relationship as a Spiritual Path. Her website is www.elite, soulmatecoach.com. I'll, I'll repeat that, elite 
I'm sorry, Elite, E-L-I-T-E, soulmatecoach.com. And she has some wonderful giveaways. There's a, a list of um, the right reasons, you know, for, you know, for working with this energy. And she has a new, you know, some tips that she sends you. And, well, and then you can tell, you tell us a little bit more because um, it looks, I, I was on your website uh, preparing and I thought, oh, that is so nice that you have, like, things that you send people about this work. Well, yes, partly so that people can continue to work on themselves. But the book, one of the things I realized with the book is that it's just the tip of the iceberg. There's so much depth that can be explored in each chapter. So when people go and sign up for some of my free gifts, they can read some sample chapters if they want, you know, kind of kick the tires before they buy. There's um, a a white paper I created just for people who are listening to this um, broadcast. It's called the, the Right Reasons You Attract the Wrong People. And they can go to my website and, and put in EliteSoulmateCoach.com backslash right-reasons, and they'll get a free uh, copy of this. What I call, I tend to call it a therapist cheat sheet. It's what, you know, it's going to save you lots of time and heartbreak and that sort of thing in terms of ways that you're attracting the wrong people, but your, your soul is really trying to heal itself. Yeah, it, it sounds counterintuitive, but once you read that white paper, you really kind of understand what's what's going on there and and why um, you maybe keep attracting the same kind of relationships over and over. In fact, I had a woman in one of my presentations, and she raised her hand. She said, "You're right." She says, "I have married the same man at least at least three times, different names, different professions, but the same personality," and that's exactly the kind of reasons people need to come to EFT um, and learn how to do this is because unless we are able to shift who we are and what we believe about what's possible for us, you will attract the same kind of people. And that gets, people get really discouraged. So listeners, if you have a question um, for Annette, all you have to do is push one. We do have time to take one or two questions, so just push one. My producer will let me know that you have a question. Um, But I'm, I'm going to segue now into what do you feel after all these individuals and, you know, the work you did with couples for all the years, Annette, what do you feel is the biggest mistake one should avoid when trying, um, when setting the intention to manifest a soulmate? Well, I would say the biggest mistake people make is having kind of a lackadaisical commitment. They're like, yeah, it would be nice if it would happen, but, you know, I'm not really going to commit to doing the, the work. When you make a commitment, it's like you're sending out this energy of the universe that says, I'm serious about this, and the universe falls all over itself to help you. You'll start having those synchronicities. You'll start... Um, attracting new kinds of people or new kinds of experiences in your life, but really making a commitment to to manifest anything is extremely difficult for people because the first thing that happens when you make a commitment to manifest any goal is all your fears show up. Mm-hmm. And I tell people, you know, the proper response, there's two proper responses to when your fears show up. One is, oh, right on time. I must have set a really, really big goal. And then the second proper response to fear is liar, liar, pants on fire. <laughs> In other words, our, our, fears, yeah, our fears are trying to, to test us to see if we're really serious about achieving this goal. So making that commitment 
is not to be taken lightly. It's not one of those things that you just sort of talk about like a New Year's resolution and then you never follow through. It's uh, And there's some exercises in the book to really help reinforce um, with the tapping, with I think I have a guided imagery in there also about just kind of reinforcing that making the commitment is most important and not, not to take it lightly. To take this whole thing lightly when you're messing with your soul and your higher purpose, not a good idea. Right. You know, it's so interesting. Um, we both are, are big believers in working with the breath. And I can remember explaining, you know, to a new breathwork client, you know, imagine this is like you're looking at a glass of water and at the bottom there's sediment. There's, you know, uh, sediment at the bottom. And if you were to pour water uh, into this glass, it would get murky for a while. But then if just like, you know, when you start breathing and or tapping and things start coming up to be cleared, if you would continue to pour water into that um, murky water, eventually it would become clear. And it's the same thing with putting the breath into the body. Eventually, you know, you will detox these thoughts as you become aware of them. And EFT, to me, is one of the fastest ways of detoxing and becoming aware of these thoughts that are in there that you're not even aware of that are running you. Oh, yeah. And, and the funny thing about it is once you realize how effective this is, it's like, People get a little disturbed by this. Every one of your your unhealed fears will line up and go, me next. So you'll just go, oh, my God, I'm overwhelmed. I'm not going to live long enough to clear all these fears. But you don't have to clear absolutely every fear or every trauma in your life. You just have to clear enough of them um, because you don't have to become a perfect person in order to attract your soulmate. You just have to be in the process of working on yourself and living out your purpose. But, yeah, it's funny how all the fears will suddenly flood you. It's like, because... And I've seen this oh, as a therapist. therapist. <laughs> yeah, you, you okay? You've experienced. I've seen this as a therapist over the years. When when things work, your subconscious mind knows it. It's like, okay, yay, we fixed that. Let's do the next one. Okay, yay, let's do the next one. And it's like they're all lined up with their hands up, going, yes, yes. Oh, I know. And it's fascinating when you say, okay, I guess I called this in because I still have more work to do here. Okay, thank mm-hmm. you, but oh, boy, I'm really willing and ready to, like, clear this. <laughs> it's uh-huh. like, I know, that, and that willingness is just, you know, amazing when um, when you don't push back down. You know, it's, it's there for a reason. And I really love how you talk about uh, using relationships, you know, your relationship as a soulmate path, as a path of supporting one another and um, going to that next level of, of awareness and love and consciousness. Yeah. So I yeah. have, yeah, this, this other question, because I'm sure there are listeners that are saying, is she going to, you know, what, what if I'm in a relationship or what? So what if a person is married or in a committed relationship and they, on some level, are listening to this interview today and they're, and they're going out and buying this book and they're saying, I'm not with my soulmate. What, mm. what do I do here? Well, one of the things that you can do is you can turn your mate into your soulmate. And how you do that is by changing yourself. Whenever I'm working with couples, and usually people come in and they'll say, you know, they're pointing fingers at each other and blaming the other person. If, you do, if only you change, I'd be fine. Well, that's not really how it works. So if you're in a relationship and you feel like you're not with your soulmate, you're probably not your own soulmate. You're probably, there's probably some issues you need to heal with yourself. And it's amazing how... When you get healed, the other person seems a lot more interesting or a lot more attractive or a lot more open or whatever it is you have to heal. You're not, you're not now projecting your unhealed part of yourself onto that other person. 
and then and then taking it out on them. So in working on yourself, and I you know I didn't write this book with couples in mind, but every person that I've talked to who's in a long term relationship said, "Oh my God, I'm buying your book." And I said, "Why is that?" <laughs> I want to know. And they said, because I want to go deeper into my relationship with my husband or my relationship with my partner. And um, I think your book is a way to do that. And I'm like, whoa. Oh, yeah, you're, you're blessing people on all levels. The people oh. who are single and wanting that, the people who have it but want to take it to another level, I mean, this, this book is fabulous. And oh. I, I really like how you quote Rumi. Um, your task is Rumi. not... Oh, I, know. I mean, that and Kenny Loggins. I'm like, when I saw that, I'm like, Kenny Loggins and Messina. Oh, my God. Okay, but what, what you, you quote Rumi as saying his, his, uh, one of his lines, your task is not to seek for love, but merely to seek and find all the barriers within yourself that you have built against it. Yes. And my, my addition to that is then, and tap them away. So tell me how Kenny Loggins sparked you. Oh. <laughs> I think it was back in 1992. I was listening to one of the first internet radio shows I'd ever run across. And it was called How Could Can You Stand It by Alan Hunkin. And I'm a Facebook friend with Alan, so he remembers the show we were talking about this. And Kenny Loggins had just published a book called An Unimaginable Life with his wife. And he was talking about conscious relationship and relationship as a spiritual path and that was the first time I'd ever heard that and it was like this light bulb went off inside of my head this this point of recognition and I went oh my god that's what I want I'd never heard of it before you know I was looking at my parents 1950s marriage and the Ozzie and Harriet and the Brady Bunch and all that kind of stuff and I'm just like "Mm, not so much nothing about that really excites me but when he was talking about a conscious path and and relationship as as a spiritual path, I I had this soul recognition, and so I am forever grateful to Kenny Loggins, where he is these days, you know, for being on that radio show and uh, kind of opening my mind and heart to that possibility. Isn't it just amazing? You know, it's just it's. It's synchronicity, like we were talking about earlier. Like, just all of a sudden, there it is. And, you know, so listeners, this this Dr. Annette Valencourt, I mean, you've presented over 300 workshops to groups ranging from local school teachers to Fortune 500 companies. You wrote a monthly newspaper column for five years. You hosted your own bi-monthly blog talk radio show. You organized the St. Louis Spiritual Singles. You um, are in charge of uh, the St. Louis Holistic Share and the St. Louis EFT Emotional Freedom Meetup groups. You play the fiddle, the violin. You love to dance. You're a brown belt in karate, and you occasionally do modeling. I mean, what a life. If I, you know what? If if it weren't me, I'd think, hell, I'd, I'd like to meet that woman. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can say I'm delighted that you were my guest tonight. And, you well, know, I, follow, you. I followed you through Facebook, but I just had no idea until you let, you know, people know that this is what I've been yeah. working on. This is what I've been yeah. doing. And, you know, listeners, you can go to uh, Annette's website. It's www.elitesoulmatecoach.com forward slash right, R-I-G-H-T hyphen reasons. She'll give you some um, wonderful uh, free free giveaways. But this book, 
is one where, you know, you could do this again and again. I mean, the one time, I remember one time taking a relationship class and three years later I took the same class and I remember thinking, this isn't the same seminar. But then I looked in my notes and I thought, you know what, it was, but I had shifted so much and that's how right. this book, right, yeah. this book, listeners, you have to, you know, you have to have a copy, but I would suggest you get two, two copies because you're <laughs> going to earmark it, you're going to write and I mean, it's just fabulous on that. So thank you thank so much you. for being my guest and anything else you want to mention with websites or Facebook groups or anything? Um, well, you can also follow me on Facebook or Twitter, you know, and all of that's on my on my website. Just go to the Connect with Annette page, and I'd love to hear from uh, and get feedback from any of the readers. It's it kind of blows me away. I was talking to a client today, and they said, "Oh my God, what a good read this is!" And this was a person who's been in a 28 year relationship, and how how she applied it immediately to herself and made this major shift in her relationship with her husband. So. Magical, just magical. So listeners, this is um, Cindy Meyer, and this has been a nut, Dr. Nut Valencourt. And if you want to know about shows like this, and know, and, and uh, there's an article by uh, Annette in the February issue of Spirit Seeker as well, um, just send us an email to info at spiritseeker.com, and we will add you to our list, and we'll let you know um, what we're doing and what's going on in the U.S. and all the different trends with mind, body, and spirit. So thank you so much for being my guest, and um, thank you listeners for supporting the show. And so it is. Namaste.